stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take a planet, an aspect, or a topic, and I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I am very glad that you guys are joining me for today's podcast. You know, I'm always glad when you guys uh, join me for every day's podcast, but especially now, this just means that you guys survived Mercury retrograde, which is wonderful. I mean, if nothing else, if everything else has been really intense this week, I feel like the fact that you survived Mercury retrograde uh, really deserves a nice pat on the back and a nice affirmation. And I just feel like if you've survived both the lunar eclipse and Mercury retrograde all in these last two weeks, that's a great affirmation in and of itself for when life gets a little hard. It's like, hey, I've survived these two transits. I can I can do this. I've got this. So Mercury retrograde, speaking of, actually ended as of June the 2nd. And stargazers, oh my goodness, I am giving you a big sigh of relief as I'm recording this right now because this last transit of Mercury retrograde was intense. I think for me, Mercury, I feel Mercury retrograde and wherever it's located, mainly because my natal Mercury is in Virgo. And I've also noticed unanimously, I believe, you know, with all of the, um, my listeners, but also a lot of my friends over at uh, Awkwardly Zen, big shout out to them. Hope you guys are doing well. But a lot of individuals on the uh, platform of Awkwardly Zen on Meetup had also mentioned to me a lot of time um, that if they have any sort of natal planets also in Gemini, uh, they also feel Mercury retrograde big time. And that actually makes sense because Gemini and Virgo are ruled by Mercury um, themselves too. So it makes sense that anybody who has any sort of like, if whether it's their their personal planets, I would say any sort of planet, uh, you definitely feel retrograde that much more and the effects thereof. But it just seemed like in these in this last month alone, along with the lunar eclipse, seemed like everybody was actually uh, really experiencing Mercury retrograde in some way, shape, or form or another. I think the intensity of this last transit was because it was right outside, you know, Mercury retrograde was right, the ruling plant was right outside of the sign that is most susceptible to it, and that is Gemini. So like, like I mentioned earlier, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Here it is. It has its ruling planet going into retrograde in that sign. What I noticed personally, and for somebody who's ruled by, who also has a lot of planets in her third house, house of communication, as well as of listening and learning, I really don't like it when uh, Mercury's outside and stationed outside Gemini. Um, I've noticed this in the past that a lot of people tend to take their words and they start using it as weapons. And we kind of know that Gemini is very verbal and all about communication and really more constructive communication. The reverse is true during Mercury retrograde right outside Gemini. So again, what I, I really hate more than anything is when people just automatically just start using their words as weapons. They feel like they can get away with it. They feel like they can slander others. And it's just, it, it's just a mess all the way around. 
And I just felt like that was this last month right there in a nutshell, along with just combative behavior too, um, as Mercury slid also into Taurus. So my hope with Mercury retrograde going direct, uh, when it goes direct in uh, one and one half weeks, is that uh, being in Taurus, we're probably going to be more inclined towards peaceful thoughts, peaceful thinking, uh, hopefully some very loving and peaceful communication, as well as money-making thinking. Uh, definitely with Taurus, especially Taurus is into making money, um, having business ideas, really uh, advancing a business along. So we might be seeing those themes coming up here in the next one and one half weeks when it comes to going direct as well. But um, my biggest hope is peaceful communication, peaceful, you know, thoughts, especially with a lot of men these days, they think it's a-okay to say F you with the B word towards women. And I'm sorry, but that pattern of behavior is unacceptable. It's misogynistic. And I really hope that it ends as Mercury goes direct and that it ends within this month. But um, since I'm going right into Mercury retrograde, obviously, as I mentioned, it was such a, a very intense transit this last time around. Our topic for this week, guess what? It's a Mercury retrograde. That's right. And it's basically going to be on not only how does it affect us, um, but I also decided to research some, uh, you know, survival tips of how to handle the transit but of course, as always, you know, being into sinistry astrology, nothing is complete until we actually investigate how Mercury retrograde affects relationships as well, too. And then also getting into some recommendations, advice as to what to do when this transit hits again. And uh, knowing Mercury retrograde, when it hits once, it takes like a couple of months, but it will hit again. Um, kind of like with the lunar eclipse. So hopefully you can always come back to this episode uh, when it comes to survival tips and just be forearmed and forewarned. But to start off Mercury retrograde and this episode, let's just say unlike the lunar eclipse, I've had a lot of personal examples and associations with Mercury retrograde. And I'm going to start off with uh, one of my personal situations with Mercury Retrograde, and that was when I was barbering for four years. So as mentioned, I was actually behind the chair cutting hair uh, for a living between the years 2016 and 2020. And without a doubt, because this profession, you know, barbering profession, being a hairstylist, being a cosmetologist as well, Basically, it's a very social position. You have to communicate on a daily basis. I mean, you have to communicate all the way from what does the customer, what would the customer like when it comes to their haircut to also entertaining them while they're in the chair because you're spending at least 20 to 30 minutes, pardon me for that, 20 to 30 minutes um, in executing their haircut or their hairstyle. So obviously, being communicative, um, carrying on a conversation is very key and crucial. So I really definitely noticed Mercury retrograde in this position, but what would inevitably happen was always when it came to the guys who came into either the salon or the barbershop that I was working at at the time, 
they'd come in. Um, I would have specific notes on their haircut because it was very technical, um, especially if it involved what we call a fade, which is like, you know, two sides and back, faded up, a little bit off the top. It's a common, um, it's called an executive haircut. It's usually very common, but normally it would require a lot of notes because it's very specific and when you get into clipper cutting, especially gets very, very specific very quickly. And it can also, you can mess up rather quickly if you don't have particular notes. So I would start every consultation with the customer with the notes. Like, hey, it looks like we're doing a two sides and back. And universally, without fail, this guy in the chair would shut me up. He would either literally say, shut up, you don't know my haircut. Or he'd wave his arms around to shut me up. Or the worst aspect of this would be the guy would cross his arms, look at me condescendingly and say, yeah, you don't really know my haircut. They'd proceed to describe their haircut for me. And without fail, and this, like I said, this was like not just one customer, but a string of customers who would do this. Without fail, they would fail in describing their haircut. They would um, mix up mohawks and fauxhawks. They thought that mohawks and fauxhawks were synonymous with each other. Nope, they're actually two different hairstyles. If you don't believe me, look up fauxhawks, look up mohawks. Mohawks more like, you know, 80s punk rock. Fauxhawks are more like, you know, um, Jonathan Nolan's hairstyle uh, or his haircut. Um, like I said, completely different. Uh, when it comes to the hairstyle, but also there'd be guys who would mix up the guards. I remember there was one guy, um, he wanted a shorter guard on the top of his head and a longer guard at the bottom of his head doing a kind of a reversed fade is what it sounded like. And I'm sorry, stargazers, that looks really dumb. And I'm going to just tell you from, you know, professional experience, reverse fades look really stupid and you might as well just go for a mullet cut point blank right there. But uh, obviously this was not what this guy had wanted. Um, there were times where I would actually not even times every time in which he described the haircut, get the guards mixed up and all these miscommunications would happen. That's where I would kind of stop him and kind of clarify and really try to get an idea of what was going on only to have this guy sit there, cross his arms and stubbornly double down on what he had just said earlier, which made no sense. So one thing that I learned from this experience, well, first and foremost, I actually went with the notes and that was like the safe and sure bet with these customers. But secondly, when it came down to Mercury Retrograde, that it not only brings communicate miscommunications, you know, um, obviously these guys, when they thought they wanted to put me in my place because I was a female barber and I was in a position of power, they didn't like that. Um, when they decided to put me in, the, in my place, they didn't do the research on their haircuts very well. Or they failed to do the research on their haircuts very well. Hence, you know, doing, you know, kind of mismarking or kind of misguiding the guards and the hairstyles and so on and so forth. And also furthermore, they were always in this my way or the highway mode of thinking and my way or the highway mode of communication. And also what I 
took away from this situation, this scenario as well, was a lack of listening. A lot of lack of listening. And one thing I pulled away from this experience is not only does Mercury retrograde produce miscommunication, but also a lack of listening. But um, I do have to say that it's the time where Mercury, Mercury can be an informative planet. It can also be the trickster planet. When it's in retrograde, it's more the trickster planet. So what's going on here is that whatever you feel your mode of communication is working, like if it's been working for you in other social situations, when Mercury goes retrograde, basically that's the planet's way of telling you that your communication skills suck. Everything that has served you right now is no longer going to serve you. And it's the same with listening skills. So um, one thing that I also kind of pull away with is if you're used to my way or the highway speech and thinking, so that is do this, do this now or else sort of communication or thought, that is not going to serve you well during this transit. And by the way, you are not going to fare very well during this transit. Because one thing that Mercury what Mercury retrograde is teaching us, while it's frustrating to have our faux pas, our you know speech communication faux pas pointed out to us in public places, while it can be humbling and humiliating and kind of frustrating, the point of it is we have to look within and we have to revamp our communication skills. The same goes for listening. You know, a lot of people who have that highway or the my, or sorry, my way or the highway thinking usually also tend to shut down in communication skills. I remembered with these guys, especially, they just didn't listen. It was like talking to a brick wall. Um, so if you're not going to listen and all you're going to do is double down and triple down on all your points, again, this, you're not going to, you're not going to get much out of this transit. I'm just going to tell you that much. You're just going to get the frustrating aspects out of this transit more than anything. Um, so again, instead of just doubling down and threatening people and, you know, threatening my way or the highway or having my way or the highway thinking, expand the thinking at this time, you know, just assume that you're not communicating well, you're not communicating well at all times and that you need to work on whatever it is that is a, a huge faux pas in your communication. For those who are my way or the highway thinking, it's, you know, threatening others is not always a good thing. Um, I think I remember these guys would not only walk away from my chair um, complaining, but they ended up, you know, complaining about another service someplace else and another service and another place else. And they just couldn't get away from the communicate, the, uh, the complaining loop. And really, it's that complaining cycle that did not serve them well. And also, again, you know, having do it or else, you know, do this or else, do it my way or else. So um, open up communication systems, open up the thinking, be open to learning something new that might not be serving you. Um, you know, threatening other people, not really a great thing to do. So learn another way to communicate what you would like and what you'd like at that time. Um, learn more constructive ways to communicate 
And above all, um, I, I had to check out this book a couple of times, Stargazers, because um, a lot of times during Mercury Retrograde, I was always accused of not listening um, in the chair. And I put it to the test with the Zen and the Art of Listening. It's a great little book. Um, I'm going to reference it a little bit later in this episode. But um, it's a great book in the regard that it actually helps you to actively listen and really help with those communicate help with those sort of skills. One exercise that's actually in the Zen and Art of Listening is listen to either a podcast or a radio cast or watch a television show or telecast that you're really not interested in normally. And just try to pick up as much information as you possibly can. When you do this exercise, I would just say try it for like five minutes. But um, I found within the five minutes of just, for me, it was, um, you know, listening to or listening or watching politics, which is I, I have no interest in, um, and sports casts, which I also have no interest in. But uh, when I would actively listen for at least five minutes, it would be very revealing as to what I'd pick out from the cast. And it also helped me to learn how to listen to different perspectives and different points of view and be as open as possible when it came to that arena and that area. So um, definitely before Mercury Retrograde starts, I recommend reading and checking out that book. Uh, I know it's available every major library. I'm sure it's available in every major retail seller. Um, every bookstore should be able to be carrying it. Um, again, the Zen Art of Listening, I highly recommend. Check it out. But uh, along with Mercury Retrograde, along with the lack of communication, communication breakdowns, lack of listening, there's also, again, loads of misunderstandings, especially if you're just approaching this with, I'm going to make this work out. I'm going to, I'm going to communicate however I communicate. I don't need to revamp anything. Thank you very much. You're going to get a lot of misunderstandings. A lot of people who are not going to understand you, understand what you're saying, um, or they'll try to understand you as best as they possibly can. And again, that's a surefire way. You know, if you're not clarifying along the way and you're just doubling, you're tripling down on whatever you're saying and you're just kind of stupidly sticking to your point, that's where a lot of loads of um, misunderstandings come into play. And those misunderstandings not only affect other people, those misunderstandings are also going to affect you. And that's why I say just remain open to changing your communication patterns. And if somebody's not understanding you, or if you're not coming across very clearly, be open to changing to where you are clear, to where you're clear and you're concise and you're communicating as, fact, as effectively as possible. And of course, during Mercury Retrograde, the one thing that we noticed the most, in fact, actually in my place of work, the one thing I actually started to notice was that the uh, computer was starting to slow down when uh, Mercury was in retro shade, basically staying still, was kind of preparing for retrograde. But we all experienced the ah, communication breakdowns, especially when computers decide to be like Hal from 2001, A Space Odyssey, and they just decide to not do whatever you want it to do, or worse, it just it slows down completely. So um, with that said, with communication malfunctions, the biggest thing that every astrologer mentions, and I wholeheartedly agree, 
whenever you're working with a piece of technology, make sure at this time or even before retrograde, back up your computer. Uh, many astrologers also mentioned too, I, I actually go even further uh, with backing up the computer to actually let it shut down and let it process whatever it needs to process every night. And, you know, if a computer has like a shutdown and update function, I would probably, you know, throughout the time of retrograde, I'd probably utilize that function as much as possible. Uh, if you're like me, though, at, you're in a place of work where you can't shut down the computer, refresh the page that you're on. I, I've actually found about like 10 times does the trick, you know, at least five to 10 times just refreshing it, you know, continually. That actually seems to help to get the computer out of its slowest phase possible and out of its how moments into, okay, I'm back up and functioning properly. I kind of look at the refresh function as the computer needs a little shot of coffee and it's kind of giving it that shot of coffee, you know, every time that you refresh the page too. So uh, that's, I, I feel like those three things could be helpful and beneficial as well too. Now, when I consulted Rachel Stuart Haas, she actually was really great. Um, so Rachel Stuart Haas, uh, author of Mercury in Retrograde, she was really awesome in reminding me a couple of things about retrograde planets that I had actually had forgotten, believe it or not. So I think it's fair to say during this last transit, I kind of got into a little bit of a brain fog and kind of forgot some things. But it's it's good to be reminded when you're when you're in that brain fog. But um, really, Rachel Stewart-Haas had mentioned that because Mercury literally is slow. So why Mercury appears to be moving backwards in the sky and also appearing to be stopping as well, too, is that's because the transit is actually slowing down. So the planet in and of itself is like seriously slowing down. And it's, it's considered to be slower than the pace of the earth and hence how it gets that effect as well, too. But um, as it's slowing down, you know, since the planet is slowing down, it's kind of forcing us to slow down as well. And it's not just Mercury retrograde uh, as to where this happens. Uh, Venus does it as well, too. And also, believe it or not, there is such a thing as Mars retrograde. Mars retrograde doesn't happen very often, but when it does, when it kicks in, oh, it it does this as well too, where it uh, also slows down and appears to be moving backwards in the sky, or even staying immobile in the sky. But uh, either way, the retrograde planet is always reminding us slow down. Now, of course, in Western society, we're not used to that because in Western society, we usually kind of like with my first employer, um, who was a lawyer and who also owned a coffee shop and yarn shop. She'd always tell, she'd always say this quick, quick, quick. What's the, what's 10 times 10 quick, quick, quick. What's 15 times 130 quick, 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 quick. And, you know, every time she, you know, she always prefaced her sentences with quick, quick, quick. And to me, I found that that was perfect because that's Western society in and of itself is quick, quick, quick. And um, it's very frustrating when we're told we need to slow down. Sometimes I feel like we, we as Westerners also find it really hard to take vacations and sabbaticals because vacations, sabbaticals, days off, 
they also force us to slow down. And we're just, we're so used to keeping up with the pace of society, keeping up with a really fast flow and keeping, you know, kind of just keeping up with the, the fast pace that we're not, we're so not used to that. And I think that's kind of the second frustration. So first frustration of Mercury retrograde is obviously, um, Mercury points out our faux pas. We hate that. I think the second thing is that's forcing us to slow down. We hate that equally. But uh, really with Rachel Stewart-Haas, she mentions that with the slowing down, take the time to look within and see what might needs work. Uh, For Mercury retrograde, as I've mentioned earlier, like I said, if you're my way or the highway thinking, this transit's not going to benefit you because you're not looking inside yourself and you're not looking at things as, gee, I'm not communicating very well. How can I improve? And really, it's crucial during retrograde planets to really look inside and see how you can improve, particularly on the archetypes that are being presented. With Mercury retrograde, it's communication and listening as well, too. You know, how, how can we improve on our communication skills so that we're clear and concise? Also, so that we're coming across as being polite and not demanding, or that we're coming across as being agreeable if we're in a situation where we have to communicate as opposed to antisocial all the time. Um, But again, it's a learning, it's always a learning curve uh, when it comes down to Mercury retrograde. Pam Gregory also had mentioned this too, because she had Mercury retrograde in her natal chart when she was born. And she had also mentioned that she's one who's prone to taking more time and making decisions and and just like really taking her time, you know, whereas many people who have Mercury direct in their charts, they just like kind of make decisions at lightning speed and they kind of, you know, engage in all sorts of interactions at lightning speed. She's a little bit slower. And um, I feel like that's a great point with Mercury retrograde in the regard of if you're up against major decisions, many astrologers mention contract signing, anything that deals with contracts, anything that deals with any major decision-making process, slow down, hold off, think about it. You know, just, just think about for a little while, because if you sign a contract prematurely during Mercury retrograde, you're going to regret it when Mercury goes direct. Um, when it comes down to any major decision made, you might get buyer's remorse when Mercury goes direct. So it's a good time to just weigh the pros and cons, come back to it later. And if it's meant to be, it'll, it'll stay there for you. It'll be there for you. It'll stay there for you. And it'll work out for you all the way around. And then uh, Rachel Stewart-Haas had also mentioned during Mercury retrograde, it's not uncommon for people to close up old projects or close up old patterns or old habits of behavior. Good examples are somebody has been smoking for 20 years and suddenly during Mercury retrograde, they decide they really want to quit and they do everything in the regard of smoking cessation. A good example for me these last couple of weeks was I started noticing that my eating habits were not really that great. And that's really important knowing that both my parents have heart disease, so I'm more susceptible to heart disease. I got to start cleaning up my cholesterol levels and my, and that starts with diet. 
So um, with the help of Nourishly, great app, I've been able to uh, be far more mindful when it comes to eating and making sure that I'm not depriving myself of certain things, uh, certain foods that are good, but also that I'm making conscious decisions to clean up my diet a little bit and really, you know, make sure that I'm eating more healthful, more sustainable, and really just better foods all the way around. So with the, um, curbing of addictions or curbing of old patterns or old habits, this again can be a very insightful time. And I feel what Rachel Stuart Haas has mentioned too are really great ways of where you can make mercury retrograde work for you. So instead of um, sitting around and complaining about how it's not working for you or how frustrating it is, like I did this last time around. I'm, I'm, I'm equally guilty. Even me, the astrology nerd was equally guilty of complaining. Um, you know, she had mentioned just, these are just great ways to help make the transit work for you as opposed to working against the transit. So the moment that you work against the transit, that's where things can start to go a little awry and things can get, start to go south. So I know what you guys are thinking. It's like, okay, Sandra, that's really interesting about Mercury retrograde. You know, there's the generals, but what about synastry? You know, what about relationships? What does Mercury, how does Mercury retrograde affect relationships? Well, when it comes down to Mercury retrograde um, and synastry, some of the same patterns that I had mentioned earlier tend to bubble up. So when it comes down to communication breakdowns or communication miscommunications, so to speak, um, really that happens a lot when it comes to partnerships, whether you're in a friendship, in a familial relationship, or in a romantic relationship. It seems like you're just miscommunicating or either that or you're finding that you're, you're miscommunicating too much, you're getting frustrated, and you're clamming up. It's like one of the two extremes seems to happen within relationships a lot, um, especially if um, there happens to be a, an issue and you're trying to resolve it. If there's a partner who is just clamming up and it's kind of providing that brick wall almost, that can be very frustrating and very tense for the relationship. Um, however, and I think even um, horoscope.com even goes into saying that sometimes when it comes to Mercury retrograde, when you're in that relationship, you can feel like you're doing and saying the wrong, when you're the one who's miscommunicating a lot, or when you're the one who feels like the communication errors on your part, um, it can feel like you're doing and saying the wrong things always. It's like you're not saying anything right when it comes to the relationship. And that's also very common during Mercury retrograde. And that can also make the relationship a little tense between both people. However, it is a good time to get to know each other and bond on a deeper level. As much as the miscommunications come up, um, that's a good time where you guys can get to the bottom of it. And also, especially um, during Mercury retrograde, again, as I'd mentioned, whether it's because we are literally slowing down, um, a lot of times we always feel that we need to speed up and we need to speed up processes and we need to speed up different, you know, important decisions such as, you know, moving in together or getting married 
or making a big, huge, dramatic decision. And again, I agree with many astrologers, hold off on major decisions. Um, I actually advise that if you're in a relationship, make sure that you have your own living quarters away from your partner during this time. That will help not only with tense miscommunication situations, and not only will help in resolving some of those situations as well, and just kind of giving yourself some space and giving your partner some space, but also when it comes down to the two of you as well, um, you guys can like kind of get to know each other very well, but then also get to spend some time away from each other and spend some time in just contemplating especially if you're thinking about moving in together or you're thinking about marriage, kind of just using this time to just contemplate it out and not just rush the situation. Now, if you are in a situation where you're getting married and it happens to be Mercury retrograde, you, I mean, there's absolutely no rule that states that you can't get married or that you can't move in together. Just don't be surprised if some things start to take on more delays than usual, such as if, like, say, the floral arrangement company is a little later than usual and developing your flowers. The cake company is a little later than usual or they're, like, really lagged behind when it comes to orders, so it's going to take a little bit longer. Don't be surprised the venue is experiencing some delays. If you're moving in together, don't be surprised if, like, say, you're ready to move in, but there's some delays with the contract going through with your landlord, or there's delays in home situations, such as there might be invasion of bugs that you need to get rid of. There might be some construction that needs to happen. Again, these are all um, situations that will need to be considered and maneuvered. And just, just uh, what I always recommend is if you do go forward and you experience these delays, just try your best to handle them with patience. I know that's a lot easier said than done, knowing how frustrating this transit can be. But if possible, it's a good time to just pull back, get to know each other, get to know your points of view, where you're coming from. If you really do indeed want to move in with each other, if you do indeed want to get married. So that way you can make those final decisions and really clarify on those points when Mercury goes direct. Uh, this is the third point that I had also recommended and that I'd also have seen a lot in the past. Whenever any planet goes retrograde, so I've seen this a lot with Venus retrograde, but I equally have seen it with Mercury retrograde. There are lots of times where people from your past come back to see you. Um, during Mercury retrograde, a lot of the time I see a lot of people who were in institutions with me, so like learning institutions with me. So I see a lot of colleagues from school. I, you know, I bump into colleagues at, at school a lot, but there are times where in romantic relationships where your ex shows up, I have to just say, no matter how tempting it is, you know, whether it's, it's the ex who's reaching out to you and wants to talk with you and wants to rekindle a relationship with you again or whether it's you see your ex and yet you want to rekindle a relationship, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't go into relationships with your ex. 
The reason why your ex is being presented in front of you is that it's a learning opportunity again. And kind of like with our, our miscommunication and our listening errors or just our, you know, just our fact of that we're having a lot of communication errors, just as much as this is a time to learn, to go out inside ourselves and learn how we can do better. When an ex shows up during a retrograde planet, this is our time to learn why the ex broke up with us or why we broke up with the ex and how sometimes I even find that when I get into these situations, I end up learning a lot about how I have evolved because usually the exes that show up are usually people who come back like after eight years of not speaking to me or sometimes like 10 years like a whole decade goes by without speaking to me. And it's like, wow, what, 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 what happened here? So a lot of the points that they might have, I don't remember, but um, I usually, what I usually see is that it's how I've evolved from this person. You know, what sort of mistakes I made in my twenties, what sort of mistakes I may have made in the past and how I have evolved as a human being since then. And I feel like that can be a really great and empowering, you know, type of springboard, really, um, when it comes to this situation. And it kind of helps me to realize why I broke up with this person and how I've moved forward and how I wouldn't want to go back into the relationship with this person. But again, um, don't go into romantic relationships with exes. It's only going to, you know, it's only going to point out why you, why you separated from the ex. If also you were the one who was dumped, um, this is a great opportunity to tie loose karmic ties and see why you may have been dumped. Maybe this guy was egocentric. Maybe the other person was egocentric. Maybe the other person had a lot of faux pas that really would have held you back in your life. Or they probably had a lot of faux pas where you probably, you would not be able to handle it, um, knowing your personality and knowing their personality, probably it would have clashed continually. These are good. Uh, this is a good time to see those cues and to see those things play out. And really, again, don't jump, don't jump into, to, you know, having a relationship with an ex. Just it's, it's no go. It's, it's kind of like, uh, the robot in Lost in Space. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson. Just, just, just don't, don't do it. You know, it's a, it's a warning flag. It's, it's just, it's a, it's the universe bringing someone, in, you know, to you to learn from. And that's, that's the biggest, the biggest thing that we can take from Mercury retrograde. According to horoscope.com, um, they also mention when it comes to relationships, go with the flow. Um, if, like, say you are single. And you are set up on a blind date by a matchmaking service or just by a well-intentioned relative or well-intentioned friend and say that the individual doesn't show up to that first date. So instead of just saying, oh, this person sucks or, oh, this, it's, this person's not good for me and let's just move it on and let's just move on. Um, what horoscope.com recommends is try to give that person the benefit of the doubt. Um, if, especially if they maybe like say should have your number and they're saying something like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. I'm stuck in traffic. Um, 
give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm just going to say this for a little side note. During Mercury retrograde, uh, traffic does, traffic jams are very common. Actually, in fact, during any plant retrograde, traffic jams are common, but particularly during Mercury. I think it's because the car is a man-made vehicle made from the minds of, of human beings. So obviously anything made from the mind of a human being slows down. And uh, it just seems like it's inevitable traffic jams, slowing of traffic that seems to happen. So I would just say when it comes to that date who is calling you and saying, hi, I'm stuck in traffic. I won't be able to make it. Good chance they're probably not blowing you off. Good chance they're literally stuck in traffic. And it's just, uh, it's it's intense. So um, give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, the same thing if like, say, they might have forgotten about the date, you know, instead of just being like, yeah, that's a lame excuse, you know, as, as what we normally kind of state with Mercury Direct. Give them a benefit of the doubt and just say, you know, maybe they, you know, the, the head gets a little foggy, especially during Mercury retrograde. So maybe indeed they did forget. Maybe they are being honest or maybe this person is being honest and, you know, um, maybe just kind of give them some, give that person some leeway. Also, too, um, if it comes down to anniversaries and somebody's forgetting or it comes down to any sort of major event and there's situations galore, like say you're meeting your significant other for dinner and they can't make it for whatever reason, like say they're stuck in traffic, again, try to give them the benefit of the doubt during Mercury retrograde. Since, again, not only is a lot going on, but, um, you know, we all get foggy-headed there's just a lot of stuff that seems to go on during this time as well. So stargazers with this episode in mind, first off, I hope it was fun filled and really packed full of information. Um, even though I had to lead in with a personal situation and a personal example, hopefully that uh, you glean some great information, but we have come to the section of what we have learned and with this section, I decided to go into what we could do when it comes down to when Mercury goes retrograde next, both in synastry relationships, both in terms of synastry and relationships, as well as just individually, because sometimes what happens on the individual level kind of can affect our relationships as well. But I think one thing, again, I've mentioned the Zen and the Art of Listening, that book, Definitely check it out if you guys have not read it. It's an awesome, awesome book. Awesome book. Um, like I said, I had to, there are times behind the chair where I had to give both employers as well as the closed minded customers a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and maybe kind of think to myself, it's like, well, maybe I'm a little nervous behind the chair. And when I'm not, when I'm nervous, I don't always listen. Or when I'm confused, I'm trying to clarify and my listening skills are a little wonky. So um, let me give it the benefit of the doubt. Again, um, the author not only gets into the Zen and why it's important to listen and how as a Western society, we don't do it often, but also, again, gets into really great exercises as well, like the one that I'd mentioned earlier um, with the, you know, the program that you're least interested in and trying to glean as many facts as you can. Um, if you do do that exercise, what I do recommend is just um, set aside like maybe just five minutes worth of time when you begin with that. 
because it's really hard to watch a program that you're not interested in or listen to a podcast you're not interested in. Um, just because again, it's, you know, we just, we tend to shut down. We tend to shut off after a while. Just try to see what you can glean, um, within that five minutes worth of time. And that's a really, it's a really great way, um, of kind of opening up your listening skills as well. But also I think really Rachel Stewart Haas uh, once again had said it. And I feel like this is really a great recommendation to kind of close out the episode with. And she had mentioned that, um, remember the RE in retrograde and the RE being that we can reimagine we can rework, we can reassess, we can remake, we can reassign, we can revise, we can repeat, we can reassess, you know, as in the case within um, my barbering days, I can reassess the situation, or I can maybe revamp the conversation to where I'm getting beyond the person who has my way or the highway thinking. Or maybe uh, we can revamp the situation as well that we're dealing with when it comes down to people miscommunicating with us and how it's affecting our our understanding of them. Maybe we can re-reach when it comes to somebody who has shut down with us, you know, re-reach out um, if they should be putting up, say, a brick wall. Either way, um, looking at the re and really reflecting on it, and you know, the re and retrograde um, really helps us to give a good reflection point of what we can do during retrograde cycles, which is we can redo, we can revamp, we can reassess, we can, I mean, it's the, 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 the word games with re gets really nice and endless, but it gives us a point, if nothing else, it gives us a point of hope that you know, we're not just, you know, a vic- you know, especially when times are hard during Mercury retrograde, that we're not just at the mercy of Mercury being retrograde, you know, um, that maybe I could rework my choice of communication patterns when somebody say using their weapon or their words as weapons, as we'd seen with this last uh, transit as well, too. But really reflecting on the re, um, it can give us a point of hope and it can also give us some uh, positive associations that we can like kind of do to rework to where we can work with the transit as opposed to against. And um, along with, again, going inside and really re-learning, um, so to speak, how to communicate and how to relearn how to listen. Um, I think these are really great tools all the way around to survive Mercury retrograde. And then, of course, uh, you know, revamp time. You know, don't rush into into things. Um, just, you know, take your time. And also, too, communication-wise, take your time if you um, feel like you're not communicating very well. I know that when you feel like um, your communication faux pas are being pointed out, it can be very frustrating. But maybe just take some time to really make sure that what you're saying is clear and concise and communicable and that it can, you know, again, you can definitely exchange information between people. 
Well, like I said earlier, Stargazers, I hope this was a fun-filled um, you know, episode on Mercury Retrograde. Hopefully this is a, a uh, an episode that you guys can revisit for when Mercury goes retrograde next. I think uh, Mercury usually goes retrograde every, like to say every three months, roughly. So um, I would probably say it will probably be within August or September when we might experience retrograde again. You know, again, might, but um, if it should be looming and a lot of you know, we always, I always hear about with astrological posts, if it should be looming large again, hopefully we can, you know, hopefully this episode can be revisited just like with the lunar eclipse episode to where, um, you can kind of go into Mercury retrograde with a far more hopeful outcome, um, and a far more positive outcome than what we normally associate with it. Above all stargazers, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. We have a new moon going on right now. And actually it's in the, it's still like kind of in the thumbnail going into like half or quarter uh, moon phase, which is the, I feel like, which is the prettiest when it comes to the moon. But that's a really beautiful sight to see. Um, but above all, whether or not we're spotting particular planets or particular constellations, it's good to just look up at the stars. We're looking at our origins of astrology as we do so. And above all stargazers, between this week and next week, always, always be well. And until then, I will see you with my next installment, my next episode, and my next, you know, podcast. If you would like to contact Sandra Misek, whether with questions or with comments, you can do so at her Instagram page at either at Sandra.Misek, that is spelled M-I-S-E-K. You can also contact her at her email, um, your email account at Misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com. Also feel free to visit her on her Patreon page and become a member at patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology, where you can get a free synastry chart reading. <laughs>